0: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from Sunday morning services at East Lake Tri Cities in Eastern Washington. My name is Brent, and with me, as always, Margot, is somebody who likes her coffee fresh and her men fresher, like her what? man fresher. Okay. Start over. That's dumb.
1: <laughs> no, we need to keep that. Okay,
0: keep it. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to. I was trying to build Matt up a little bit. He looked okay. fresh on Sunday. He had a nice collared shirt on. I commented on it. Did you? Do you remember what he wore? Oh, I do. Or you're looking he, at me like you're not. He a fan. tried
1: to leave the house. Okay, you can settle this argument. Poor people at home, you're along for the ride. He put on this shirt that his parents got him from his birthday, which is like this rust-colored shirt with these blue palm fronds on it. Okay. All right, it's a it's a button-down. I'm stoked. Right. With it. Okay. He decides to pair. Cream colored shorts that have like I say plaid because it's not just vertical stripes, it's vertical and horizontal. Oh boy. And I'm like, is that plaid? He's like, it's stripes. I'm like, no, stripes are only in one direction. If it's like the crosshatch, uneven, like this. What would you call this plaid? My scarf that people can't see. In a
0: plaid. I would call that I would call that a plaid pattern. Yes, I would call that. (laughs) It's not stripes. No, no. Stripes stripes is
1: only one direction. They're all the same, like width. Usually,
0: yeah. If you're gonna go pattern on top, I feel like you got to go solids on bottom.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, my love. So I I don't know. I don't. I got to be honest. I have no idea what he wore on the bottom half of his body. I all I know is shorts. Okay, Because
1: I was that's probably why I
0: didn't notice it. That's the goal. Like if you're gonna wear something that stands out up top. You gotta kind of blend in the other other direction. Same thing with the shorts. Like I have a pair of shorts that are like a blue plaid. I have like two shirts that I can wear with them. I like the shorts, but I can I can only I have like a solid gray Hurley shirt that I can do it, and like a plain black, like it's supposed to be I think a Calvin Klein undershirt that I can wear with that, and that's that's about it. Because otherwise you're just competing too much. And uh, you know that's good. I I'm glad you're stepping up into that role because Kylie, many times, I've walked out with two different color grays on. Um, and oh, he sh-
1: loves doing like black top, brown bottoms. Yeah, like so I'm just like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I had a wedding on uh, on Saturday, and the wedding required a suit, as as it always does. And I not my wedding. <laughs> uh, not not in your wedding. Well, for me, as the efficient, as the efficient, I feel like. Everybody's like, "Oh, you can wear whatever you want." I'm like, "Yeah, but you want me in a suit. Like, if I show up in <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt, you're not gonna be like stoked. This is great.'" So Saturday, uh, I realized that I my previous belt had broken like two months ago, and I had replaced it with a belt. But it's it, I used to have the flip, like a reversible, brown, black, whatever you're fancy. This new one,
1: utilitarian. Yeah, I
0: totally probably a Costco. Who knows? Uh, the new one that I purchased is only brown. And
1: oh no. And
0: so I and I realized this like maybe 3 hours before the wedding, but not dun, like dun, dun. yeah. So I'm like, "Okay, babe. Like how bad would it be?" And she just looked at me and goes, she goes, "Bad." And I said, "Okay. If I kept the jacket on the whole time and nobody ever saw the belt." Yeah, but they might see the belt. And if they saw the belt, it would discredit the entire sermon. And the, I maybe the entire marriage would be invalidated, the whole <laughs> ceremony. Would we'll just be like we can't even trust this guy to, you know, lead us into some sort of holy. Okay, natrimoni. that sounds
1: harsh, but my philosophy every time I like do worship or anything where I'm up in front of people, yeah, is I know that there's something that people are gonna get out of this. Like if I'm preaching, like there's some message that I know that God wants them to hear. If I'm leading worship, there's something from the music, and my prayer is always, I don't want to be a distraction. Sure. So. Yeah. Take that with you. I'm going to go with the
0: Gap Basic clothes. <laughs> it's going to be blue and denim, you know, whatever. So, anyways, I ran to Walmart like uh, two hours before the ceremony, got back there. Uh, their belt selection was rather limited for men, um, unless I wanted, honestly, a Winchester belt buckle um, with what looked to be shotgun shells imprinted on a large, what do you call those? Belt buckle? Yeah, belt buckle. And I was like, I'm going to do a hard pass on that.
1: That might and be distracting as well.
0: I am going to pick up this black belt that is a size 44, a little bit larger than me. And that's the only, listen, they only had three black belts. One of them was hideous. One of them looked like I'm going to like go out to the gun range after I get done doing the ceremony. And then this one that's like, this isn't going to be functional at all. Like It's going to get on there and it's going to look like a hula hoops around my waist. But at least it's black and Lo and behold, that's the one I went with.
1: <laughs> so that is going to be a quick. The struggle is real. A quick
0: return to Walmart. Um, probably, actually, that just reminded me that I needed to take that back to Walmart. Oh boy, that's. Has... Thanks for listening to this podcast. We're so glad that you <laughs> chimed in this week.
1: What are we listening to?
0: What is this? I love it. I love it. Hey, we uh, we did uh, part two. ...of our Outside the Lines series this week, and it really uh, went from um, a little bit more of... I think last week was like, let's look at who Jesus was and how he operated Outside the Lines... And then for us this week, it was a little bit more, okay, that's great. There's a story where Jesus is the hero, but there's also another hero in the story. In John chapter 4, he meets this woman at the the well, the Samaritan woman, who's got all kinds of issues that she knows about, and he addresses the issues. He doesn't shy away from them. Um, And then the hero part, or the heroic part for her is that she sticks around and is willing to listen to these critiques, when so often we are inclined to shy away from what we perceive to be criticisms, which... We should. You should shy away from criticisms because criticisms are, are, are meant to hurt you and tear you down and, and whatever. Critiques, though, are meant in an act of love towards building up. It's really hard to kind of discern uh, between those two things. And, and that, that is difficult. And there's probably a whole other message on discerning between the difference between critiques and criticisms. Um, but uh, we, we said uh, that uh, that she, she's, she should be commemorated for sticking around and uh, May Leaning we, in. May we be the type of people who lean in towards the the critiques that we receive as well, and uh, in, in doing so, learn to be better in that way. So anyways, that's kind of like the summary of it. Um, specifically, you had some thoughts on just some of the, the story, the actual, uh, you said exegetical, which we might have to explain for some of the listeners of the podcast, just means like in, into the verse, like some of the studies, if you read commentaries on this, or if you dived into word studies associated with this text, or um, things you might not know just as an initial reading. So go ahead, give me some of those things.
1: Yeah, I always say exegetical studies are important, because as my exegetical teacher taught me, the Bible can never say what it never said, (laughs) Yeah. in the sense that, uh, like, if you don't understand the context and what this would have meant for the people at this time, then you're gonna not, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss the point or you're gonna be going in a different direction than
0: And there's no doubt that I took some liberty in my interpretation of the story.
1: (laughs) No, this is not like setting you up to be like, what's wrong?
0: No, (laughs) no. I like, I totally could be wrong because in her response, I made it come across as cynical in nature. And I might be reading myself into that story, right? Or reading a lot of us into that story you're talking
1: about a social outcast though i don't i wouldn't blame her for being cynical and a little defensive oh
0: tell me more about this living water right like (laughs) what she could have very well genuinely be interested in it i just for me i i don't see that as as likely as the scenario that i presented but who knows i could be wrong
1: uh so one of the things one of the facts of this woman's life that gets brought up several times in the story and it's kind of a a crucial pivot uh, pivoting point is that the fact that she has these five marriages and just to break that down a little bit. Cause a lot of people are like, wow, that's a lot <laughs> yeah. by any standard. Like she's no live Taylor. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, what's going on. So just to, to things to keep in mind in interpreting the story is uh, like how young she could have been married. And that she could have been married to a much older person that passed away. Like we just assume that all five of these ended in divorce or That's infidelity. True. Yeah, where this this was a harsh point in human history. Lifespans were people died
0: young, and women were typically married off younger than the men were. Mm-hmm. And she would have, um, in typical Jewish. Uh, or like semi-Jewish, <laughs> um, she would have been married off by the age between probably twelve to fifteen years old. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. that's how young they were. That's how old probably Mary was in the story of Jesus and and when all that took place. And so, anyways, yeah.
1: So just like she could have lost her first husband to old age or disease, and then just the fact that. Hygiene and all these things were issues. You know, they can't fight off diseases the ways that we, the ways that we can because they don't have doctors the way we do. So we don't know how many of those marriages were necessarily divorced and how many were uh, just death or Let's disability. Let's be honest, though. If
0: you've outlived – say, say none I'm of them are divorced. I'm not saying all of them are. <laughs> say she outlived five. Like, do you want to be guy number six? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, what am I signing up for here? I, I don't know. It sounds like uh, – anyways – But
1: also, um, like, and Jesus points out, like, and the person that you're living with now is not even your husband, uh, which sounds really scandalous. But I do want to throw out the defense out there that if you were a woman in this location in the world at this point in time, there were many things that were barred from you. um, And you had to have a man to obtain. Like, you weren't allowed to own property or land or, like, have your own business or anything like that. Uh, essentially, you couldn't really make much of a living uh, without a man to legitimize whatever you're doing uh, and to take care of you and to protect you from other men. So- and,
0: and by the way, before you stand there and cynically say, how barbaric, let us not forget that it was not until the 20th century that women had the right to vote in America, right? I'm yes. reading this fantastic book by John Meacham right now. I mentioned it already. And he's walking us through like the presidential angles of what they were trying to do during this difficult part where women were like um hello <laughs> we should how do we not have the equal voice in this thing so we're like oh that's so backwards uh yeah so it was so 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 it was for our great grandparents as well your grandparents depend on how old you are so anyways
1: and i mean and even if you look at the numbers of in Congress, the people that decide laws and the futures of this country. It's right. not 50-50, like even to this point. So yeah, we still, ha- we still have progress to make, yeah. but, you know, we've come a long way. But so there's a lot of things to keep in mind that was this. I mean, for her, it was a really dangerous place to not be under the protection of a man, um, to be trying to survive outside of that. And she, it was, I feel like when Jesus encounter- encounters her, she's pretty beat up. Like I'm sure, I'm. I'm pretty sh- I feel like I can confidently say at least one, maybe even two of those marriages probably ended in her spouse dying. Um, so imagine thinking that, like, I have someone to take care of me. I maybe, maybe I don't love them, but, like, this is my security. This is, you know, I'm set. I'm safe. I'm OK in society's eyes. And then having that ripped out from you possibly multiple times Um, Mm -hmm. and then going from man to man, trying to find someone to protect you and to take you in and to, to cover you with their reputation and their grace and to accept you into their household. And then having that just not work out Um, to me, she seems like this really ragged warrior that has been beat up by the streets and, you know, has had kind of a bad hand dealt to her and probably some of it was not good choices on her own behalf as well. But to me, this is a really tough person that he's meeting at the well. This is the person that, in modern terms, has had, like, just a really bad life. Yeah. And probably real because we see that she's a social outcast because she's avoiding other people of her village. Um, because so-
0: of the, And we know that because of the timing of yeah. going there in the middle of the day, which yes. wouldn't make any sense. Typically, I mean—
1: like, I, I know when I go to my hometown, if I have to go to 30 Pines Gas Station, which is like the watering hole, like, I try to go and I'm not going to encounter everyone from high school because I just <laughs> don't want yeah. to see them. Yeah. So to me, this is someone that, like, if you're talking about the hardest sell possible for Jesus, it would be this person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we know just by the few factors that we have about her life and how she has to operate, um, we know that she's hardened and that she's had to make really hard choices to survive and to get by and that she's used to people making fun of her and all these things. And so if you want to talk about the hardest sell for Jesus to push religion on, as people would say, it would be this woman because um, she just has built up so many walls, I think, to
0: and e- even to anything
1: if that makes her vulnerable. If
0: that's true, what the beauty of it is there's a range of exegetical options or there's a range of opportunities to interpret what those the context of the precedents for all of this but it really doesn't change the application point for me where even if that's true the fact that she's still stuck around yeah. is still significant you know what yeah. I mean like that's still the point and I think that um that is what makes it all just like kind of work together in in that way. I also
1: thought it was really... I'm glad that you didn't... Because I know you're trying to summarize a a story that has so many different details and plots, and I'm glad that you brought up the point at the end, kind of like her last out of getting out of this conversation or out of the challenge that Jesus presents to her um, of, you know, stop trying to do it on your own. There's something better. Uh, She throws out this, well, the Jewish people say that the right way to do church to do religion is to, to worship in this way, and our people, you know, we're not allowed to do that, so... She, she
0: goes into... T- yeah, it's verse 19. I just pulled it up because I wanted to go there, too. Verse 19, she talks about territories. So, like, our people, um, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. We're not allowed to go there. Like, you, you have set up rules. There's, like, institutional racism in place to not allow us to go and and b you you criticize us for being half breeds and for worshiping in other places and in other ways, but you won't even a- allow us to come and do it correctly according to your own terms, so like mm-hmm. you're bad, and we're not going to allow you the opportunity or the means to be right
1: can i can I throw up a throw in a tie to the future example for this? yeah, sure, I feel like. This really reminds me and this may ruffle some feathers so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> it is June, it is Pride month. Yeah. A lot of people when they find out that you are a Christian or a pastor, will say like how? Like how like you say that you are living you you have something that I don't that's valuable. But like churches don't want gay people and churches don't like gay people. And did you hear about this one church, this and this and this and that? And I feel like they throw up this. Everyone else has done these really horrible things to like my people and my culture. How can you say that this is the best thing for my life when people have hurt me and hurt like the people around me? And I love that Jesus is like <laughs> blows it over and saying, I ain't saying they're right.
0: <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. He completely <laughs> sidesteps that issue and, and 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 He's like,
1: I'm not gonna go and defend.
0: But doesn't deny, it. yeah. Doesn't deny it, doesn't defend it, just says, Hey, in the future, all that's not that's not gonna matter. Like eventually a day is coming when that's not going to be real. So, or not gonna be the case. All right. Um so let's suspend our judgment on a Let's not let's not allow you to uh deny Get stopped at the, the door. personal application because of objections to institutional objections. Those can those are still valid, they're still legit. I can't defend the way that my my people, the Jewish people have been treating you, right? Or or um but let's but let's really focus in on on you at this point cuz you know, we can talk about all the stuff that's wrong with society in general, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but then when we realize, uh, So G.K. Chesterton was a, a, an author um, who uh, wrote some fantastic books. Uh, Orthodoxy is a fantastic, a uh, great one. Um, and uh, he was one of the inspirations for C.S. Lewis. And it, the legend has it that he was reading a, an article in the paper in, I think it was like the London Times or whatever. He's from UK. Anyways... Uh, where this editor was writing kind of an open letter to anybody who was reading and be like, what's wrong with society now? And this was back in, I don't know, early 1900s, right? Um, What's wrong with society these days? Uh, And GK Chesterton wrote a response to that and said, the thing that's wrong, it's me. I'm wrong with society. Sincerely yours, GK Chesterton. Like owning up to the fact that like, as much as we want to critique in general, it starts with me. And I'm probably not the worst offender, but I got my own crap to deal with, and I, that's what I got to start with. So, I always thought that that was just a great kind of ownership inspiration—that we don't get lost in the weeds of the general issues. But, but you know, I mean, that's not to say you you, you should never take a political stance or never never stand in, and never, you know, put your foot down and be like, hey, this is not right, guys. This is not. It's not what it's about, you know, but... Yeah, so yeah, what, Like so, that's so always hard. my
1: challenge to people that are like, well, Jesus seems, like, cool. Like, I, I like the idea of Jesus, but the idea of going to a church or participating in a structure that has hurt so many people is not appealing to me. And then I always challenge with, like, well, how do those systems change? Like, they need... Like, if you're someone that, like, wants to... um Stand up for people that have been marginalized and mistreated. Then you need to be in those institutions and and pushing for that and making change. And let's let's throw our hands in together and make this a better system than it is currently.
0: And one other thing about the rest of the story in John four uh, with with her is how it ends. And I and I didn't go into it on Sunday. And it just ends in such a unique fashion. Verse twenty five says. So he comes back with his response about. Um, uh, you know, well, one day the followers of God will worship God in spirit and in truth so it doesn't matter which territory which mountain you can walk on or a temple you're allowed to go into but anyways uh, verse 25 says the woman said I know that Messiah called Christ is coming when he comes he'll explain everything to us and then Jesus declared what I am the one mic drop <laughs> I am the one speaking which is significant because so many other times in scripture when people are like so who, do you, who are you really Like he like, like
1: skirts around it yeah he's
0: always like hmm we'll
1: see like
0: time will tell right he like never proclaims who he is for the most part to any jewish people he doesn't
1: lift the veil but
0: to somebody outside the circle of what they accept on or you know accept as you know worthy uh, of uh, of the grace and the extension of the love of the father all that kind of stuff all of a sudden he reveals himself to an outsider like it's 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 an incredible closure to the story that I just never got to at the end, but I wish I would have maybe I guess. I don't know. I, like it. I just felt like I needed to end with that um idea of um, like the personal application of she's she's a hero too. You need to model your life after her, stick around with critiques and criticisms. Are well how many well, how
1: many people have you met in your life that that operate under the the banner of Christianity, like the people that have been going to, to mass every day, every Sunday of their life, but never really get like who Jesus is. And then you see these people that have all these these legitimate issues and concerns about church that give that conversation with Jesus a chance and they get it. Like yeah. they, they cut through the BS and the the Uh, pomp and circumstance, and they truly see and understand who Jesus is. And I think that is just as beautiful today as it is in that story. Like, it's just as...
0: I will say, this is one of the things that I sincerely uh, respect a lot of, um, like, lifelong Catholics for, um, is because in the Catholic Church, um, it's gone through kind of its ebbs and flows based on the uh, moral convictions of the current Pope, right? You've got a conservative Pope John Paul, then you've got a more progressive Pope Francis. And there's all kinds of critiques. I just read a book by Ross Thought. He's a New York Times author um, about to change the church, about his criticism. He's a conservative Catholic. Feels like.
1: So you like Radzinger before he stepped yeah. down? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, feels like Francis is kind of overstepping some bounds or accepting some people privately where but he's taken a different step publicly i mean all this kind of stuff and yet commitment to this thing called the church like his introduction to to the whole thing was hey i'm going to offer some critiques of the church because i'm in a position that i feel like i need to to do so but one of the things i respect about the church is and by the way he's speaking of the catholic church has been its ability to overcome these differences and work them out and allow the platform to be able to do that i feel like they have been better at that than typical protestant evangelical because when we, when evangelicals get in conflict with something we just change churches we just like ah huh, screw you i'll go find when a now denomination we're the fourth that methodist believes church yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly uh i'll go find somebody that uh believes the exact same things as me until they don't and then i i will you know, catholics
1: are right or die you
0: changed uh yeah exactly catholics are a little bit more right or die because there is no um secondary catholic church right i mean it's yeah. all under the same well, thing well that'd be
1: like <laughs> Was it Anglican, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, good stuff. I, I like it. I'm, I'm excited about this series. It's been a real fun one, and uh, we've got two, we- two weeks left uh, in that. Hopefully, you're able to join us or at least follow along online at the eastlaketricities.com slash talks page, and uh, and then coming up in July, you guys, quick heads up, notice, Margot is going to be kicking off her own series, uh, three-week series on comparison, is that mm-hmm. correct? So, super excited about that. Uh, Let's jump into our, we're going to go a little early today, jump into our uh, Say Something Interesting. Margo, why don't you start us off?
1: All right. So, this is an article I found a couple weeks ago, and it was kind of an open-ended article because there was events taking place, and I just wanted to see if there had been a conclusion. So, I re-googled it this morning. Uh, It's about two brothers. They're eight and five years old. (laughs) Ollie and Harry Ferguson. And they are from lovely Scotland. Scotland, and uh, th- let's just say, let's just say, their parents are super cool and super um, like invested, like the the Pinterest parents that you want to be. So his mom and dad came up with a list of 500 adventures that they want their sons to have before the end of the year, and uh, kind of to take away from screen time. We know that screen time saves sanity, and sometimes it's necessary, but they wanted to provide um, kind of a a bucket list for the year. And so some of the items on the list are really cute, like um, like make a fort or um, brew. One of the things was brew tea from leaves they can find in their back forest, like learn ed- edible leaves and then make tea from that. Uh, so kind of, you can find the list online. I'll probably link it in the description. It's really cool. But one of the adventures they did was to try to sail a toy boat across the Atlantic Ocean. Oh wow! So they got a giant Playmobil pirate ship. I say giant; it's probably like maybe two feet long, uh, but it has like the cloth sails and everything. Playmobil pirate ship, named it SS Adventure, <laughs> and then put a beacon tracking device in it and set it sail off the coast of Scotland uh, to see how far it could make it, and then it pings in, and they can find its location on a map. So as of the Google post, yeah. um, they were super stoked that it just made it to anywhere. So the first place that it washed up ashore was in Denmark, which was 390 miles away. So pretty good distance for its wow. first journey. Yeah. Uh, so in the ship, if people find it, there's a note and an explanation. And you know they ask them to take pictures, send it to this email, then put it back in the ocean. Uh, so in Denmark, it was re-released. Uh, And then it landed in Sweden and then someone found it in Sweden and then they re-released it and ended up in Norway up in a tree and they don't know how. (laughs) So this woman found it in a tree and she actually like fortunately was into toy sailing, like the remote ones though. And so she was able to, I guess it's sails got all ripped up. So she patched up the sails and sent it off again and as of their last tracking, it was off the coast of Guyana, which is an island off the coast of South America, birthplace of Alexander Hamilton. Whoop, whoop. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and so that means that as of the last ping, it had traveled 7,610 kilometers. Wow. So it had made it across the Atlantic. but
0: What l- kind of battery do you have to have to be able well, to- Well,
1: that's the sad thing, is the battery was running low. It was on like 20%. Um this was like a month or two ago and so they're hoping that it washes ashore and someone can find it and recharge it and let them know. Yeah. But they're thinking it's somewhere around the British Isles currently. Huh. That's a fun fact.
0: Love it. It's great. Uh mine has to do with uh the largest sporting event in the world. I think it's I think it's bigger than the Olympics.
1: Is it the Gloucester cheese roll down the hill? Yes, like- <laughs> that's exactly
0: the one I'm talking about. Who's your favorite this year? <laughs> Mine's Frederick the uh, Second. No, it is World Cup soccer, and it kicks off this week. Margot, are you into soccer?
1: My issue with the World Cup this year is that they're having it in friggin' Russia. Do they, <laughs> the uh, they learn nothing from the Olympics? Did they learn nothing
0: from the Olympics? The timing of it all, right?
1: Oh, gosh. It's uh,
0: it is ironic cuz they pick like the locations like uh, we we've known it's been going to be in Russia since two World Cups ago. It's been like 8 years that we're like, "Okay, it's going to be in Russia." This is before. So was, was
1: this before in the, uh, uh
0: yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Because we already know they're fighting for like uh,
1: okay, so th- they're fighting I, that for an America grace. location
0: in like two World Cups from now. Like they're going to announce the, oh, so what's four years from now, 2022, 26. So World Cup 26 is about to be announced and they're like doing the odds about whether it's going to be USA or uh, London. Okay. Or so something if it's like
1: pre-Sochi, that, so. I give them grace because I'm like, if you watched the horrors of Russia trying to host an Olympics and are thinking it's a great idea for another event, Shame yeah. on you. Next, <laughs>
0: next one four years from now is in Qatar, so United uh, Arab uh, Emirates.
1: Isn't that like a huge?
0: And they're building the stuff right now, and there's a big documentary on who they're hiring to do this. Slave and how labor, oh, it's and pretty bad. I've it's seen pretty it. Pretty shaky. The whole, the whole uh, FIFA thing, man. With that bladder deal a few years ago, it's it's shaky. Now, all of that aside, not I, I, I don't uh, like the whole way that they uh, took money, were bribed to kind of pick certain locations, Qatar specifically, uh, and the fact the whole who they're paying and how they're paying them. Like, all of that is just – it's ugly. Like, I don't want to look at it. It's dark. But I do love watching the World Cup. Like, Um. I don't watch a lot of international soccer. I wish I did like really cool people that I like are into EPL which is English Premier League um and have their teams and they wake up on Saturdays and that's what they do and I'm always like I want to get into it and then I just never I'm like I'm a sports guy too like dude I'll if bowling's on TV I might not change the channel for like a few throws I mean you know what I mean like it's not horrible, and I just can't get up for that, and I I, uh, I do like MLS some stuff, I like Sounders, I, I, but anyways, World Cup for some reason, I don't know if it's just like every four years, or the fact that I know that millions and millions and millions of people are watching uh, this event, I get excited about it, and it kicks off this week, the first uh, match, it's not a game, the first match is on the 14th, a couple of stats about the World Cup you may not know about, this is the 21st edition of the single biggest tournament, the single biggest sport on the planet, and it's the first one to be held in Eastern Europe. Uh, of the 32 teams, 20 are making back-to-back appearances. One of them is not the U.S., so I have to figure out a different team this year. Um, and I haven't figured out who that I'm going to be cheering for. Um, and a couple of people, are, or a couple of countries, are making their first time appearance: Iceland and Panama. So Iceland. Oh, Iceland did
1: good. Last Iceland time, didn't made they? it.
0: U.S. did not make it. No, Iceland's not played in the World Cup. This is their first World Cup.
1: There was some big soccer game that they like got to the finals and it was a huge. It was
0: probably deal. the game that got them into because you have to win qualifying tournaments okay. to be able to get into the world. Cup. It was Cup. a big deal. Yeah. So anyways. It's like a fourth um, of their
1: population on the field, you know, you gotta
0: <laughs> a, a total of sixty four matches are gonna be played in twelve different venues in eleven different cities. So that's how big this deal is. And it starts June 14th. It ends July 15th with the final match, uh, probably versus Germany and Brazil. Those are the two favorites, according to uh, all of the online sports sportsbooks uh, in Moscow, uh, in Russia, in the, in the in the capital. So there you go. So we are entering into a month of soccer on TV, and I do love it. I love World Cup 2 because it feels like it's on... Uh, all the time, like even during the day. It's not like just at night. It's just like you can always... Do they ever sleep? If, if you, I, I, I guess not. I don't know. I mean, different time zones, obviously. Yeah. Um, so th- the fact that you'll have soccer on during the day, you can kind of watch in the in the upper window of your whatever workplace and then watch the Mariners at night because they're doing well too. So anyways, fun soccer season. It only comes across every four years, guys. Make it happen. Watch the World Cup. Get involved. Do a bracket. I think they do brackets like March Madness. But anyway, I've never done one, but we should... We should do one. That'd be fun.
1: I, I can't you guarantee success. You look thrilled. <laughs> as little as I would know about March Madness, oh, yeah. I think my knowledge about soccer is even less.
0: Absolutely. Like
1: Manchester United, Arsenal. That's all I got. Those three PL
0: teams. <laughs> Not See, <I> don't <laughs> even the know. World Cup. <laughs> I don't know. I know nothing. All good. All good. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. We do have one quick announcement. Margie, you want to make this announcement? Because this is kind of like your event. Yeah, sure. Go for it. You got it. Talk so, to us.
1: We know that uh, lobby time is limited because you're usually trying to uh, to time out the. my kid has a snow cone and sugar and I need to beat the caffeine crash. So you're usually trying to shuffle everyone off into the car, get home for that post-church nap or whatever you do on Sunday. So we wanted to create an event uh, that everyone could... Mix and mingle and eat burgers together and maybe play some volleyball play in the playground. Just another opportunity uh, to connect, especially if you have been coming to Eastlake recently and you feel like I see people all the time, that I'm starting to recognize some faces, but I just haven't had a chance to get to to know folks. Uh, But doing a group every week is a little intimidating for me. Uh, Hang out with us in the park. We're having a party in the park on June 24th from 2 to 5. Bring your favorite...
0: Two weeks from yesterday... And it's Howard Amon Park, which is, I think is probably our best park, if I had to guess.
1: So bring your your favorite barbecue recipe or potato salad or anything like that. Uh, And we're going to be meeting at the covered area that's nearest to the community center. Uh, so towards the marina that end of the park uh, we'll so.
0: have signs we'll put out there you'll, you'll be able to find us uh, we do we will have some sort of a barbecue and like a charcoal grill thing set up ready to go right we got one of those I think yes uh, all right uh, so but it is like a bring your own meat so whatever you whatever you would bring to barbecue and maybe like a little side to share or something like that we'll just set out a table and have a bunch of fun, bring a vo- uh, volleyball net down there and the kids can play on that playground. My kids love that one because it's got that little, uh, I don't know if you've been down there, you, you don't have kids, but like the, um, oh, it's like a slider, like a... The, f- hmm, the flying
1: fox thing. The, yeah, what do they call those things? Flying fox. Is that what it is? Yeah. Flying fox? Yeah. And you hit the end and then you just yeah. kind of like, Whoo, and
0: yeah. then come back. Um. So they love that stuff. So.
1: Yeah, so we'd love to just spend more time with you guys. We know that we probably don't get to have good hangout time in the lobby we know it's just yeah time is short there'll so. be no
0: agenda there's no like public presentation we're not going to bring yeah. a guitar down sermon there and part have two <laughs> yeah. Yeah. welcome to part four b of uh so if <laughs> you have
1: friends or family that have been maybe like on the border of checking out east lake and they think that we're weird churchy people and they would like... never
0: come to a church building but they might go to the park yeah bring them We'd love to
1: have you guys. Yeah, we'd
0: love to have it. So party in the park, June twenty fourth. Two is it two two o'clock, right? Yes. Okay, two o'clock.
1: So you got some time to get the kids down for a nap or whip up some potato salad and And
0: pray for good weather. There's tons of shade down there, so I don't care how hot it is. I just don't want it to be windy or rainy.
1: And there is a little swimming area too. So if you've never yes, it's a waiting pool. Yes. Well, there's also the beach though.
0: Oh, there is. Yeah. Yeah. But if you if you like to, well, I (laughs) I was gonna say something about the kids who be in the pools, but I couldn't figure out how to make it work. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next week on Say Something Interesting. See ya.